Greetings programs. Welcome back to the front porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, joined by Michael Daniels. How's it going, Mike? How was your Monday? I appreciate that opening, Dennis. That was excellent. <laughs> well done. So, so our, our, our movie's Tron this week, uh, and you know, I I dug these kind of movies back in um, when I was a kid. Um, anything that was very sci-fi, you know, type stuff, and sure. And then as I got a little older, anything that was had computers, computer type stuff. So right, right. There's there's a lot of these other kind of movies that were out that aren't you know, in retrospect, aren't all that great, or especially when they have to deal with computers, they're really off. Um, but yeah, it still has a part. Not that we'll jump into Tron yet, but. You know, still, still kind of, kind of a good feeling. Uh, just remembering, had a, had the the nostalgia feeling going for a while there, and then I had to play a bunch of other uh, movies like The Black Hole, and I watched some Thundercats and D and D cartoons recently. So I was mm. on a full on ten year old Michael kick. Nice. Yeah. What have you been up, I, what have you been up to? Um, well, I have been sick. Mm-hmm. Um, I oddly, you know, we recorded on Monday after I got back from being around all my family and a lot of small children. And then it kind of started Tuesday, peaked Wednesday, Thursday, and I've still got a little bit of a cough and congestion stuff, but it's probably probably worse for you because you, you work, you're a hybrid guy that works that lives on the road. So you don't have like a bunch of people around you all the time. I'm assuming. So when you do, I'm, I'm guessing you're more susceptible to always get something, right? That could be, it could be, I know that, um, I've said, and I might've mentioned this last week. Um, I seem to not get sick when, cause like we got together at Thanksgiving and a bunch of people got sick. We got together at Christmas, a bunch of people got sick and I made it through both of those. I, have been a little more, I don't want to say social distancing, but, you know, don't uh, don't go for picking up the little kids or, or volunteer to hold the baby or toddler as much as grandma, right, my mom. Yeah. Um, and I think that helps. Um, but you're probably right that, that maybe then uh, when I actually do get sick, it's a little more, it's a little more intense. Yeah, either. Don't have that constant, and well, and and you don't have kids around you all the time. That's another thing too. Or when you're you're interacting right. with people, you you live outside, kind of. So I'm assuming you interact with more, you know, more people outside than than others might. So yeah, that's uh pretty cool actually. Um, except for you know the getting sick part. Um, right, right. So and I've always had kids around me all the time. So you know, I I, I maybe I'm just always used to constantly being under the weather. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's a thing. Right. Uh, maybe a little maybe. bit. Like my kid just bit. was sick two weeks ago, and she's still still recovering. I still hear the cough occasionally, just lingering. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, knock on whatever wood, I haven't gotten it yet. Um, but you know, they pick up every darn thing. Because they're, right. they're with 500 other kids every day, if not thousands. Yeah, in, in, in public school. Mo- most of the, I guess some of the older kids, uh, younger nieces and nephews, do like um, uh, sports and, and, and co-op stuff, but they're all homeschooled. Oh, so right. So they're not, right. 
they are still exposed to other kids. Like my uh, youngest two siblings did um, a theater program. I think we've talked about that before. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, where they would be... It still is probably not comparable to being in public school um, in terms of sheer quantity. Sure. But when they're doing, when they're doing a show... There are hundreds of kids, yeah. and well, and they're all know, close to personal in theater stuff. Yeah, if you've ever done theater stuff, you'll have like, you know, the week, the the, the couple weeks leading up to and around the actual performance. They're together all the time. They're not getting enough sleep. They're not eating very well, um, and so and so tendency. The 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 thing that I am more cautious about is smaller kids, toddlers, because they just you know. They don't cover their mouths when they cough. They touch every single thing. <laughs> They're the thing. worst. <laughs> um, just, just very, uh, you know, it's one of those things that's it's easy for me to, uh, uh, an easy sort of belief for me to have because I don't have kids of my own. I'm just like, yeah, keep those kids yeah. away from me. For, for sure. Um, <laughs> uh, so last week, um, the big Tears of the Kingdom game came out for... Mm -hmm. it's, and it's doing it's doing really well, I guess. Um, before I know you own it and have been playing it since own it and been playing it. Yep. Um, I'm staying away from it just because I haven't played the first one yet, and it's one of those I don't want to get hyped about or things that are in two without playing one yet. Um, but I did go. I can't remember if I told you the story. I did go to the mall to because I pre-ordered um, the the game for Sydney. You you mentioned it offhand. It sounded like it was a, a kind of a bad experience. Yeah, it's terrible. It's absolutely horrible. I mean, I I know. First off, the first thing anyone listening is like, one, why did you go get a physical media? What's wrong with you, you old boomer? Right. And now, see, I got the digital and kind of wish that I had gotten the physical because it, you know I'm not going to play this game forever. And my copy of Breath of the Wild has been with my nephew for a couple years. And yeah. he's playing it way more than I ever did. And I'm like, that's that's great. That's good. I, You know, for some things, like for PC, I obviously don't want any oh, CDs. Right. Sure, of course. No. Um, but, but for the Switch, it's a tiny little SD card looking thing. You know, you sell it, trade it, loan it out. That's yeah, that's great that, to me. I, but, yeah, still. It, you it, know, whatever. It's all the reasons why I still have physical media. You know, I can, when I'm done with it, I can give it away or sell it or whatever it is I can part with it. Right. Um, and get more use out of it and other people can get more entertainment and I'm all for that. Um, so anyway, I, uh, I w wanted to buy another thing too, is that I still like the experience of going into a game store and seeing all the tchotchkes around and the cool posters on the wall, mm, um, and all the little sure. toys and games and memorabilia. It's like nerd, video game nerd nirvana type things i i enjoy that it's super fun for me sure um and it makes me feel like uh i'm with my people type thing um sure and sure. you know and or i get to you know walk over to the wall and see all the neat games that they've got that i never thought of and then i get to pick it up hold them read the back i used to do that, that kind of i used to do that in bloomington uh before they moved the game store way the f out in the outskirts when mm -hmm. it was downtown and I would come to Blue, not every time I came to town, but every second or third time I came to town. And if I was downtown doing something, I would stop in there. I wouldn't always buy something, but once in a while, if I saw something that looked like 
something for my family or they had a big um a wide selection of puzzles which oh, is you're talking about like, the board game games. Store. Board game store. Okay. Yeah. yeah, the board game store. Sorry, I didn't. I didn't say that. That's right. that was my that was my sort of thing where I'm like, I want this to keep being a thing because board games. Yeah. Um. Whatever. The game stores less often because they're all the Game Stops, and I know, even though I know that the the margins between what they buy and what they sell used games have to be that way to support, you know, the lease and the and the payroll on a physical location it still rubs me the wrong way to like sure, sure. oh yeah we'll give we'll give you 50 cents for that game and we're gonna sell it for 18 dollars. yeah no i i'm with you i i have never i i openly say i've never bought or sold a game a used game from gamestop or you know, sold one to mm. me. Uh, i it's just a bad deal all around i appreciate the idea that they do that but it's just you know, that's maybe that was fine in the you know late '90s, early 2000s, but you know, no pre, just, just yeah, so. pre like eBay and yeah, and pre market, other ways to get it better. Um, yeah. So, but so I, that that doesn't bother me too much. It does annoy me, but I just overlooked that one. But any, anyway, the thing was is that I I like those brick and mortar things. I still appreciate going to a place and having that. It's a whole different kind of experience than going to Amazon and picking it up and then just having it here it's almost a communal thing somewhat um sure. so yeah, i have yeah. i have long participated in going to a store for games that i like pre-ordering them obviously not pc you know i 100 don't do that and i if people listen to the show they know i also 100 buy digital things on playstation all the time like i have hundreds of digital right. games in my library literally hundreds um so it's not like I don't, but you know I do like to 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 do this. So I did those Tears of the Kingdom. I've also did it with Diablo Four, which I guess I just that just goes back on my uh, no PC thing. Um, but uh, I was at the store at the same time for Tears of the Kingdom. I said I might as well do this. Maybe there's some pre-order bonus. Who knows? Um, and I um I got it. It opened at ten o'clock on a Friday or some kind of nonsense. And I did have to work, but I had a, a, a like a um, dentist appointment that day. So I was like, okay, well, mm. I'll take half day off. Um, I'll go to my dentist appointment. And Sydney said, hey, since you don't have a day off, can you go pick this up for me? Because um, she got it for her mm. birthday. I bought it for her birthday. She just had the, the right. receipt. I was like, oh, sure, fine. I'll just run in there. you know. And they had a thing where you get it like a, a wood plank with a uh, engraving of something with the game on it for the first 100 people who who pick up for pre-order, which is the first rub okay. that they they don't have enough mm. for all the pre-order people, right? That that bothered me there. Um, if I pre-ordered it, I should get my bonus. Um, two that I had to be the first 100, right? So I wasn't going to stand in line, and I was like, okay, it's not a big deal if I don't get this thing. Um, Sid was real excited about it for some reason. So, okay, well, I'd like to get it for her. Um, and I get there at about 15 minutes I, to 10, right? I, I think anybody anybody who's been to your house would not be surprised that your daughter is into collecting geeky tchotchkes. <laughs> yeah, yeah we're, you're very, very true. I got too much I'm just saying. <laughs> right, for sure. Um, yeah, I, you're right. And um, you, you, you told us about your curio cabinet that you filled with transformers. Yes, for sure. I haven't. I have enough of that, that garbage. <laughs> and she has obviously gotten that sickness she, too. Um, she picked up a little bit, right? Well, uh, to be fair, she, 
uh, she thought it was the thing, like the the iPad thing that Link carries around. I can't know oh, what it's right. called. It's called, got a name. In 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 Tears of the Kingdom, it's called a Purapad. Oh, it's called something. And else. it looks. Yeah, it's. I forget what it's called in the first game. I didn't play. I didn't play that enough. But it right. looks like a Switch. Right. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. Okay. Uh, um, yeah. So, so it's it's it was. She thought it was going to be that. By the way, it literally was a piece of pine, like a square piece of pine with a laser etching of a Zelda symbol on it. It was horrible. Um, anyway, <laughs> I was like, oh my god, all for this. The, the going too long on this story. 10, 15 minutes before I get there, and the line is almost out the mall from the store. Um, yeah, and, and I'm like, oh, this is, why is it, what, what is going on here? This is too, okay, cool. I'm a little pleasantly surprised, one, that people are still coming to the store and buying a physical copy, and we still have this sure, kind of sure. a demand. That's neat. It's uh, the, two, it's the I, Gen Con will call line. Exactly. Two, I appreciate that I had that moment of me being old, the old man moment of, like, when I was younger, I uh, nerddom and geekdom wasn't popular, so it always felt like he was on the verge of dying out. Um, like, we'll be the okay, last people sure. to play D&D. &D. There'll never be another one. It's no hard to imagine play. these days, but yes. I get it. But but it used to be that way, you know, when D&D &D wasn't popular right. and you've had the same system for 10 years, and you're like, they're not going to make... Nobody wants more of this stuff, um, you know, or just a, a niche. So anyway, it's it, I was happy to see like predominantly all young people there talking about nerd things and movies and, and games and all this stuff like that. And I was just here by myself. So I, I enjoyed listening to all that and I'm having that stuff thinking like, Oh, this is great. They're just a whole different generations, two generations of people enjoying this kind of stuff. Um, and it was really neat. So when I thought it's no big deal, it is a long line, but they're just pre-order stuff. They're just going to put it in a bag and go right. Show the receipt. Mm -hmm and go um it took an hour no i got out of there at eleven forty-five, so a long time it was you know an hour almost two hours for for that um okay. and to go that far and it, i was not i was not at the end by the way i was probably 25 percent in the, the, the line that went all the way out in the mall outside the mall um and mm -hmm. It was just crawling, like so incredibly slow. Um, and I was like, I don't know. It was one of those, okay, I don't want to be a Karen, but how long after an hour and 15 minutes, you're like, what's happening here? You finally get up there to find out that GameStop had had one person working and it was doing, doing the register. He was the only mm -hmm. one doing the register and they had a manager and the manager was doing nothing but standing outside the store directing traffic. Like the line was all neatly organized, but he was standing at the door, not allowing more than five people to come in the store at a time to get their pre-orders. And then he would mm. hold the line up and then let five people go on. He, he could have been in there opening the other register and, you know, working it out. But instead he right. said, I, and I, I did the, I did the Karen thing when I got there, but kind of sarcastically, I was like, so why aren't there two openings? Like, well, I got to I got he, he. I said, how come there's not, you're not in there running that second register. And he said, he said, well, I gotta, I gotta make sure that people have time to shop in the store for anything they might want while they're in line. Mm. I was like, are you serious that people are here to get their <laughs> pre-order and you think they're going to go shopping? 
And, you know, that's what they're doing. And he's like, yeah. So what it was is he was just a super nerd and wanted to talk to all the nerds and didn't want to work. So the guy in sure. there was just sweating. He was just working so hard, you know, pushing the buttons. And he had to do all the spiel at GameStop. Would you like a safety insurance thing? Would you like to get this other pre-order for this other game? And he did that for every single person, which just took a ton, a ton. And then you had to, you had to put in your address and your email, and then you had to request if it was okay for them to send you stuff. And I'm like, I, I have this. This is right. my receipt. And I walked out of there realizing that that time in my life is over. You know, I'm, <laughs> I can no longer put up with. I mean, it's it, it's terrible. It made me feel sad that these, like the, basically this one guy, can cause this terrible backlash where people are just gonna no longer go to the store anymore. You know. I bet um, that's a company. I mean, I'm. I. I don't deny that's a lot. I don't think too many people become managers because they want to do the actual work. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Go, sure. Go sure. ahead and send me email about that. Um, <laughs> so pr- probably a combination of that guy and also GameStop like corporate policy that like, oh, there's going to be a big rush on this game. We want to keep the stores to this much occupancy at a time so that people will buy cases and. Maybe they don't have a switch and they're going to buy a new switch or whatever. I didn't follow the news after GameStop's whole Reddit stock thing a couple years ago. But I I thought that they were, like, almost done. Like, as a company, I thought that they were bankrupt. I'm betting Um, that that only that, that, uh, that Reddit thing saved them for the little bit of time they were still open, I'm guessing. Bought them a little more... Uh, life support yeah I, I guess well this this one at least in this bloomington branch was like not it, everyone in line was completely uh, annoyed because i know that you can just go in there they could have gone opened an hour earlier and bagged everybody's thing they know exactly how many pre-orders they have and i've been to these right. kind of releases before where they just go smooth yeah. as silk you know Mm-hmm. Um, you just go in there real quickly, grab your stuff, and, and show your ticket, and move on. You know. But anyway, so yeah, I don't want. I don't usually bash on a GameStop because I enjoy the environment, which I said before. But this was a, a terrible, awful experience in Bloomington, Indiana. The GameStop store <laughs> manager <laughs> opened for the tw- Tears of the Kingdom, um, and uh, I, it, you should it, go on Reddit. And, yeah, and right. Write well, it just it, it won't. A, I won't do it. I won't do it again. I'm now an official yeah, yeah. Uh, all order from Amazon. Again, it sounds terrible, but I can get it right the same day. Uh, all the bonuses and everything that I need. And that's a terrible thing that I'm giving it to to the, the big box or the big stores instead. But anyway. Yeah, I got mine I got mine straight from Nintendo, like I said, with the voucher. So yep, it smart. cost me it cost me fifty bucks mm-hmm. and I was able to download it a couple days in advance. And how's that take up space yeah. on your disc though? Is it, is it, it seems like a big game. It is a big game. It's sometime within the first few months that I had the switch. What did I do? Well, I bought Diablo three digital and then I think I got another digital game not long after that. And so I just bought a, um, a card, a micro SD card. That's mm-hmm. like a 128 gigs or something. Oh, and do you just put that in your... Does it have the games on it? Like, like if I want to upgrade my memory on my PlayStation, I buy a whole hard drive that replaces the hard drive in the machine. But 
no, it there's yeah, it's it's additional, and then there's some kind of weird process if you want to move games off the internal storage onto the card, um, something like that. I don't know. I honestly don't uh, play games on the Switch enough that I've had to deal with it ever since that mm. first time. Okay. Um, so I remember one of the guys in line yeah, behind me was talking about that a little bit. I just caught a little bit of what he's saying. Something about um, that he didn't want to store a lot of games on his card, so that's why he's coming here. But then again, that guy also yeah. liked The Last Jedi, so I didn't really listen to anything else he said. Yeah, I mean, obviously his judgment is 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 uh, suspect. Yeah, it's right. So I was like, yeah, well, you don't know what you're talking about. Anyway. Your, um, your story reminds me of my last... Last... Uh, I don't know. There's probably one, been one since then. But the, the most memorable one was when... Um, I had been working for Trotsky for like a month, not very long, maybe a couple months. And the Wii came out. And I'm sure I've told this story on the podcast before. But I had not really been following the news. But, uh, you know, Trotsky and a couple of my other, our other co-workers were like, we're going to go to Walmart and camp out for the Wii. Because it, it releases at midnight. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't even midnight. It was like midnight saturday so we were gonna go friday night and camp out until like all day saturday until midnight um because demand was going to be so high that was around the same time that like for the playstation 3 release like somebody got sent to the hospital or something it was like really that you know probably overblown but oh you sure, know, you sure. Get that like doorbuster yeah. stuff and we're talking about like 2005 six whenever that was and i was still uh, i don't remember i didn't like going to walmart at the time probably i don't really remember um now i go to walmart all the time because they carry a lot of rv stuff and they are the same everywhere so i'm like well i could go to this place this grocery store chain I've never heard of and hopefully find what I want Yeah, when, you know, I need this, you know, piece for my RV and I know that they'll have it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but we went to Walmart and camped out all day and it was just a weird mix of people mm-hmm. because it was the Wii. Yeah. Because it's Nintendo. <laughs> of course. Right. Um, yeah. You know, there were, there were us, we were all adults. Trotsky had like a, small handheld computer thing that he was doing work on um it's a little like linux weird linux device <laughs> that sounds um, like trotsky the employees rolled in a uh a floor model tv because they were still like back project- projection tvs back then mm-hmm. um and a couple of the like high school kids had brought their ps2 and so they were playing some games they were watching family guy there was at least one grandma there, like, going to buy the Wii for when her grandkids come over, and she was, like, crocheting Well, that's something. nice, a grandma. Yeah, yeah. It was just this really nice, like, and, and we, you know, somebody got a notebook, and we wrote down our names by what order we got there so that we could go out into the store and buy, like, I bought an air mattress and trail mix and stuff like that because we were there so long. And we all knew, we're like, okay, here's the list, so we don't have to, like, you know, somebody hold our spot or whatever, we're all very friendly about it. And then 
on set at on Saturday night at like I don't know nine or ten ish, maybe even earlier. People started rolling in, and we're like, well. The rumor we're hearing is that if every store gets 20 copies and the list has 50 names on it. So you're welcome to hang out here, but, you know, <laughs> good luck, right? Yeah. My name is number seven on the list, but, you know, you're welcome to hang out and say and uh, yeah. And then we <laughs> after we got the console, went back to the office and played the dumb Wii tennis thing like it was the greatest i mean nobody <laughs> nobody had done motion controllers like that sure, before it sure, was a big sure. deal um but yeah That's i just funny. remember that like you know it was this weird sort of party where we're like we're all friends for the next 30 hours and then we'll never see each other again <laughs> <laughs> yeah that that is funny I, I you know the people that are immediately around you talk to forever and you know you get that little bond of, of brotherhood, I guess, but right. that's funny. Um, yeah, and you're right. You never, you never see them again. Uh, so how is your experience with the game so far? You've actually been playing this one. Has, you're playing this one more than Breath of the Wild, right? Yeah, yeah. It helps that um, several of our friends are playing it. Fox and Pete and Aaron are all playing it. And we have a, we have a thread in Discord where everybody's spoiler tagging everything we talked about this a little bit off air but i think the um i don't know it's something about the open world nature of the game where you're you know you're exploring and you're unlocking new things and so when you find something you're like oh okay i didn't know that if i do this it does this and it's like this you know it's a big part of the the fun of the game is having those like um epiphanies for yourself and so the spoilers people tag are not even so much about the story as just those little discoveries yeah right sure um and i did have as i mentioned i went to my niece's graduation last weekend uh a week whatever over a week ago yeah and then i was sick so everybody got way ahead of me while i was with family and then I played some while I was sick, but, you know, couldn't, still couldn't do very much. Gave me a little bit of a headache to, you know, stare at a screen and play video game while, while I'm sick. Oh, sure, um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, overall, um, I've been enjoying it. It is, uh, a little bit like the first one where if you, you know, wander into the wrong area or pick the wrong fight, you can die pretty quickly. Um, oh, yeah. And the the game doesn't punish you too hard for dying. It's uh, just a, you know, one of those things where I'm like, okay, well, I was just running around exploring and picking up apples and mushrooms, and now I'm dead, and I have to go back and wait for the load screen and everything. And it's, oh. you know, but that's that, right? Like, it would be boring if the, there wasn't any challenge. Of course, so. of course. Yeah, I... I uh... I'm, I'm not, I want to change up there, but I, I had said before, I'm still playing uh, the horizon forbidden West, which is a similar, very similar game. And that, that game, cause it's on the PlayStation five has it on PlayStation four. It has, when you die, it has a little bit load time. You wait on the screen, gives the little like load mm -hmm. death screen, whatever. And then you have to load and till it loads back to your I played point. the first one a little bit, but it's been a couple of years ago now. Right. But on PlayStation five, that's a thing of the past. You, you die and it's like 
four seconds and then you're you're back to life mm, again. Right, um, right. So I really really appreciate that. Um, and and now dying isn't more about the frustration of oh, I gotta wait here and just you know waste my time. <laughs> and it's it's now that I have to go back and do it again and be better type stuff, which I, right. I, I really I really appreciate that. So I I I get the feeling you're saying about that just that little bit of time. It's not terrible, I'm sure. Um, no, some some games in some games that were very long. I think Witcher was very long when you die. Mm. Um, I don't know and then it's like th- th- that reminds me a little bit of like computers, right? Mm-hmm. The computer used to take ages to reboot, right? It'd have yes. to run the BIOS oh, yes. checks and do all that stuff. It'd run through all this DOS stuff and make sure your printer is still working, whatever, all that nonsense. Right. And so you reboot your computer and you're like, well, I'm going to go, you know, refill my water go to the restroom whatever but now with solid state drives like i reboot my computer and it's back up yeah. before i have time to like open my phone and and check any you know see if my friend has sent me any memes yeah, like, right oh yeah. my, my computer's <laughs> rebooted already i didn't even have time to do anything yeah it's, when i got my computer with the first solid state, solid state drive i was amazed it's the one i'm using now and i'm still yeah. amazed you know, years later and how quickly it still goes uh, because of that stuff. I, it's what we say. I always say it's nice living in the future type stuff because you mm-hmm. have that perspective of the past. Um, right. And, and video games are the same way. So it, it does seem the game seems pretty cool. Sid's absolutely loving it. Haven't hasn't put it down. I, I, oh, I take that back. I came in here today and she was playing. I call it Crossy Road. It's not Crossy Road. Uh, Animal Crossing. Um, mm. and, and on the, on the big screen, and I was like, "Oh, this does not look like Zelda." She's like, "Nah, just taking a break <laughs> and playing some some of this game." Um, so it's the first time I'd seen her take a break from it. But she's also been home all day because um, she's out of school now, and right. she was probably playing that other game for ten hours straight, most likely. Um, knowing her, uh, yeah, I think if I had a living room and a TV. I would maybe be playing it more. I do appreciate the handheld nature of it, but I don't go anywhere, right? I don't ride mm-hmm. on trains or, yeah. you know, I'm I'm never a passenger in the car. I yeah. don't have a self-driving car yet. Right. Um, yet. And so I can just play the Switch in my camper, at my desk, or on my couch, and I don't have a TV, so. Yeah. Um, she primarily plays it just, like, in, like, in her hands, you know, handheld. That's, I, that's how I will say it. a thing. I don't know if you've, if you played it and if you played the first one enough to, um, have experienced this, but there are a couple of aiming, aiming mechanics in the game. Yeah. Um, like you use a bow, right? Yeah. And then there are, uh, superpowers that, um, involve aiming and you can fine, you can like fine tune aim with the accelerometers in the, console oh i learned to turn that off real fast (laughs) (laughs) i i didn't know about it and i thought it was the the most horrible thing and i I made an exclamation like in the room i was like this is terrible it's just moving (laughs) all over the place and she's like and sid said oh you talk about the the bow thing i was like yeah how are you supposed to do this she's like you how you do it is you go into the settings and you turn it off i was like oh Mm. there we go (laughs) and it was better so i didn't like that but i'm sure it's you know, some people really, really, really do like that. Yeah, for me, I mean, sometimes I use it and sometimes not. It's like you you aim, you know, it's the usual thing where you're aiming with one joystick and moving with the other. And then when you're kind of close, 
you just tilt the console a little bit to get the rest of the way there. But mm. I don't know. Yeah. I'm well, also not great at the aiming and bow thing. There's like explosive arrows and stuff, and I use mm. that whenever I can. Sure. Yeah. I I, I play. But it's something you get better at the more you right. do it, right? With Horizon, I I focus more on bow using, so I use the bow extensively in that game in sure. like super fancy yeah. ways and, and all sorts. And it's it's like excellent in that game. So it's it's a little different story there. That game though uh, is I've been putting some time in it. Like I've seriously been putting some time in the last month into that game. You know, putting it like on the weekend, spending four hours playing it, staying up until one or two in the morning playing it. And it's just <laughs> the, per- the worst is that I'm, I'm, I do, I'm a completionist in my head. That's my real problem. It's that, you know, I'm level 45 and the main story quest is like 20 level 22. Um, right. I'm, I'm way, because, because I've been doing every single side quest, every single, let's see what's up that mountain and find the special item that's up there, you know, Every single thing that comes my way, I grab and do. Um, so, and because it's it's pretty interesting. But the problem is, there's just I I think I, Sydney walked in the room the other day, and I just gave a big sigh, and she's like, "What?" I said, "I just unlocked another area, and it, the screen is just littered with question marks, you know, or something." It's just there's so, and this game has it's all voice. It's not like text things. So every time you go up and get like a side quest. There's a whole story about it's my little <laughs> brother. He's out there. He's never been out on his own. And our mom died. And it's my only thing. And our, he's got our family heirloom. And like, it's a whole story for every side quest. I'm like, man, how much work do these people put into this game? There's got to be an end at some point. Uh, right. So, and there, it, it would be, it would be bad if these weren't so good is the problem. You know, I, right, right. If, yeah. if they weren't so good, I'd be like, I'm just not going to do side quests. I'm going to do the main story. Um, and then I'm also like the the mechanics is still fun. It's still fun fighting these huge monsters. And ugh, it sounds like I'm just disgusted at having a good time. But um, <laughs> it, it, it's what it is. I just because I've got, as I say multiple times, I got a, a large backlog of games that I really do want to play, and more keep coming out, like Breath of the Wild. Um, and I, I want to get through this game. To, to play it so uh, i will it, it'll get there um and i'm I, th- I think i'm over like 60 percent through according to the according to the what percentage of the game i've completed so actually getting 63 percent of it sydney finished breath of the wild with only like 30 percent of the game finished so sure there's a lot in that <clears throat> game too i guess um, yeah there i mean like i said the only other uh the only other zelda i played was twilight princess on the wii hmm um, I mean, I have started a couple of the other ones, like in emulators, Ocarina of Time, and um, I played, what's the Game Boy Advance one, uh, Link to the Past, on my little uh, Miu. Oh, really? oh I played that's a uh, SNES, actually. Yeah, well, yeah. they they made a, oh, did they a dual one? cart version oh, for, okay. for the GBA. Um and I played that until Link died. And I was like, I don't want to play this anymore. Um, <laughs> Spoiler! <laughs> which which happened pretty early. It's like a prologue where you're a kid and your dad is gone and you got to save Zelda from the castle. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember that in Twilight Princess that like you go through and you beat the game 
And okay, now if you want, you can go collect all 300 of these feathers or these seeds or whatever. And I'm sure those are the things that in the completion thing give you the the 100%. It was like, um, yeah, the one I remember do like almost starting to do that because I'll do that. I'll finish the game and I'll go, is this going to be the game where I go... And do that thing, it was um, one of the GTAs, uh, probably Grand Theft Auto 4. Okay. It was like, once you finish the story, um, and the 5 wasn't like this because there was enough, there were like random quests that would appear and so you could just keep doing stuff. But yeah. um, in 4, the things were like, all over fake New York, there were ramps. And if you hit them the right way and jumped far enough, you would unlock that achievement. Yeah. Right? Right. And then there were pigeons, right? (laughs) They would make a sound if you drove close enough to them. You could hear the pigeon. They called them flying rats. And you had to find it and shoot it. (laughs) And that would mark one too. And so if you got all the ramps and killed all the pigeons, those were two of the things you could do to 100% the game. And I was like... I think I hunted a couple of the ramps down and was like, you know what? I'm not going to do this. There are other (laughs) games to play. Right. Yeah. There's some of those games that, especially like achievements or type stuff where they're they're Like you were mentioning the ramps thing that I, I never really care about going for. Um, I, I sometimes will, but it takes me real quick to to do what you just did. It's like, I'm done with that part. You know, Um, the worst part are the ones in this game. And in, I think the Spider-Man games have the thing, have the same thing is that doing those things actually gives you tangible rewards um mm. because like oh like for example in this one you get a legendary uh armor piece it's just wonderful right so right. so i have to do those shoot the, the the flying rats i don't have to but i really want to that piece <laughs> of you know it's they give a bigger that's the it's smart they give a better carrot at, at the end of the stick right, right? um yeah, 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 yeah. so i i i do appreciate that and i i play um the link to the past game maybe once a year. Um, I I haven't beat it this year. I played it before I moved late last year, and then I I moved and got distracted. But I usually play through one because that game is was one of the first ones that had a lot of that kind of stuff that I remember. One of the, I mean the first Zelda did, but a lot of this hidden things and you know you don't need to get all the heart stuff, but you if you get all the heart containers, it's kind of cool and easier. Um, right. So I, I really enjoyed that about the original Zelda and then Link to the Past was, uh, was the, the same kind of thing. I did see a TikTok of live TikTok live of someone playing um, Zelda 2, which is uh, the Adventures of Link. Man, that game okay. was hard when it first came out. I remember <laughs> it, the first one was a, a you know top down type adventure. And then the second one became yeah, a side right. scroller, um, which was like, this oh, is not okay. Zelda. Oh my god! Right, yeah, weird. Uh, it was totally crazy. Um, but and and it was you know you had at that point then you had to do actually like platformer skills and stuff and like oh I hate this. Um, so it was never <laughs> as fun for me. Uh, anyway, moving off of of those, um, we better hop into our movie before we get too much time going. How's that? <laughs> All right. As previously mentioned, this week we watched Tron from 1982, 
uh, I think we both also watched Tron Legacy from 2010. Yep. And this is the first time you saw the first one? Yes? Probably the first time I've seen it all the way through. Yeah, uh, that's There fair. were things about it that seemed familiar. Um, I will say off the top that I appreciated Tron Legacy better, having seen original Tron the night before. Ditto. Ditto. Um, same, same. It, it makes a lot of references and homages to the original that uh, I didn't obviously recognize and and it's Um, good that you don't necessarily need them for tron legacy because it's a good show by itself but yeah did definitely enhance it um i i forgot how i when you said that you this maybe the first time you watched it all the way through i can understand that because as i was watching this one man they just meander and do kind of pointless things throughout the entire first movie that like is this it it like, is this have a point? Are they going towards something? You know, I, you know, then they'd have a scene where they're throwing the, uh, the frisbees, and then they'd have they'd be chasing, being chased by tanks half the time. And uh, I, I'm not putting it all down because a lot of it was really showcasing the computer graphics that they were having at the time. Right. Um, right. That's kind of. Um, it was an interesting sort of. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? When the movie first started. Well, first I checked the runtime. Yeah. Because just like um, uh, Blade Runner, yeah. right? The original Blade Runner was long. Yeah. And the sequel had better pacing at first, but then was even longer than the original. Um, this has a similar thing, except that the original Tron is not long. It's like, it's a little over an hour and a half. Yeah. Um. Uh, an hour, 36, 96 minutes. And the sequel is a little over two hours. It's like two hours, 10 or something. Sure. But the original Tron, in in some ways it gets going faster. Oh, it's quick, right? It's right in there. Right. Yeah. Like, like right from the beginning, you're thrown in the action and he's doing the thing with the light cycles and they're showing you the people down in the grid and, you see what that's like, that world, and they're, you know, they don't believe the users exist. Like, it's, it does all this world building really fast, which right. is great. Right. Right. You don't need any exposition, right? You don't need anybody to explain to Flynn what the deal is with the programs and the users. Like, right. it's all just shown. He gets in it that pretty first, quick like, by them talking. First like five minutes. Right. And then you do some business stuff with NCOM, and you see, like, okay... Here's the thing. There's this guy. He's got the master control program. We know that that's shady just from the name of it. But <laughs> right, right. There's enough. Um, I think they they. It's also been um, mentioned in the down down in the grid part of the story in that prologue. Um, and so, like, you get everything, and then you meet the the three of them. You meet up. You find out that. Um, um, Jeff Bridges used to date the girl, and so there's some tension there between him and Bruce Bruce Boxleitner. And then they're like, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do a heist. 
right? They don't mm-hmm. say heist, but they're doing a heist. <laughs> it's like 10 minutes into the movie, they're breaking into NCOM and doing this heist. Right. Right. And they, and they show the laser, right? The ridiculous laser with the orange thing. Of course, thing. of course. And, and the, like, let me say super cool as a kid in the eighties. I got to tell you. Right. Right. Uh, th- that's, I want to pause my, my <laughs> little recapping here because that for all of the like fast paced ness of the, of the first, 20 minutes of the original movie of, of Tron. Um, it is just jam packed with either we as a society or definitely the people who wrote this movie did not understand how computers worked or oh, at all. We're right. <laughs> we're banking on the fact that in 1982, nobody watching this movie knew those things either oh that's um, that's actually so, the thing. i'm pretty sure and so it and so it didn't matter yeah right i i mentioned that i've been um listening to the audiobook for console wars mm-hmm. right yes, and they're right. Th- they're like in the late 80s and talking about the intense battle that's funny kind of goes back to the thing you were saying about is this nerd culture stuff gonna last because um now, like, I'm sure there is competition between game studios and things like that, but there's so much, right? I'm sure that um, Sony and Microsoft are still intensely competing for that spot as the one console. Yeah. But back in the late 80s, it was like Nintendo and Sega and, you know, Nintendo is holding so tightly onto everything because of the video game crash in 1983 they're like this is yes it's good for us but we're also doing this for video games as a whole Mm -hmm. like if we let things be open and whatever like they were with atari it's all gonna crash again and it's bad for everybody right um and like just what people some of it's what people knew and didn't know and some of it is just how much more difficult and and rudimentary everything was back then yeah right it's like you know somebody coded this game and it's revolutionary and the game they're talking about is tetris <laughs> which right. is a great game right. but it's four blocks right. arranged in a different in in every possible combination and they're falling and right. you line them together like but the stuff before that was like missile command and the games that were on atari yep right, right. well a little bit there was mario and stuff by then but um in 82 it was just the very basic atari kind of stuff yeah um and so so it was this mixture of like well yeah in some ways this is what technology what computers and technology were like at the time but then in other ways you're like really the the virtual space with with bits is has gravity and and <laughs> air and space and water yeah, um you just you just can't think of that stuff man <laughs> right, right right like it it just doesn't uh it doesn't doesn't connect. i mean i mean it goes but it goes into the the comic book world of stuff i i mentioned this when we were watching mm. um uh, uh flash gordon how you know, right. you had only kind of seen these things in your imagination. And mm-hmm. uh, so when they put this, you know, again, I, I always try to 
pass this on to my kids about when you don't have the internet or don't have instant information or kind of media in front of you all the time, you're just, there's a lot of time where you're left to yourself and you just have you just, to imagine. You're just guessing. Yeah, yeah. And so I, you know, we would, I remember times when I was younger, sitting in my room on my bed, I'd read a comic book and I would, that's all I really have is like three comic books. Right. And then I would just look at all the art intently and I could just kind of have your own imagination go wild of that. Or as you fall asleep at night, you're just imagining what the X-Men are like and how they move and stuff. And same thing with computers. You get computer games that are like, this is like peering into the world of a fantasy realm with, you know, might, uh, uh, might and magic and things and Final Fantasy games. And you're just so, you know, just so overwhelmed with how cool this potential this is. And then when you get a movie that shows people in that world, like us in there, that's very cool, right? And you're right. You just give up suspension of disbelief that don't worry about air and gravity and, and all that kind of stuff. Now it's totally different, weird thing looking back on it. Um, you know, seeing much cooler movies. Um, but yeah. So uh, going back to the first, first Tron, it's a, I will say it's a first, it's definitely dated. It's of its time. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think watching it, I think everyone, I, when I'm getting to the recommendation, I would recommend everyone to watch this movie. The reason I would say recommend to watch this movie is because uh, you have to appreciate a little bit of how the movie was made and the fact that they shot this in black and white, like everyone wore black and their black and white outfits. Like they're all the highlights were all white and everything was black and the sets right, right. were all black and white. Um, and then they just filmed it and then they come back and they, they took it and laid it over the um, like they would, <laughs> they make the computer graphics and they do frame by frame. And then they would take the, the, the frame and lay it on top of the, the, the computer monitor and then take a picture every single frame to get the people walking around in there. Um, and then they would go back and by hand paint every color onto the things that weren't that for on the people, like the blues and the reds and stuff. Mm. And, and they only had a specific amount of colors that they were wanting to work with on this. So they all, that way the blues from frame to frame were always the same exact kind of blue color, blue and the exact same color, red and yellows and stuff. Um, it's such an incredibly painstaking process. And today, I mean, probably 10 years after that, we do it at a, with a push of a button, right? But these people made this movie like with a future vision of what they wanted to see. And they couldn't, there was no technology to do it. So they did it. They brute forced it and just did it with anything that they had at the time. And there wasn't well, and technology to do it. And it's Disney, right? Like right. they, at least in in the U.S. in the West are the or, or or were for a long time pioneers in animation, right? Every new like we're gonna layer these cells together, we're gonna right. do this thing, right? Like they, you know, Pixar separated off from Disney and then merged back in with um I'm gonna forget the guy's name, but um but he was still he was a Disney animator, Lasseter, right? Lasseter, that's yeah. it. Um, and so it makes sense that they would sort of fuse, I wonder, 
Now I'm curious about something. Yeah, there was just there was no way you could watch a movie like that with the graphics that they had at that time. It just wasn't capable to do. Like so, it wasn't capable to film those things, even for no, a couple th- of years after that. This movie, um, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, came out in '88. Mm, yeah, six years after this. Yeah, um, and you know that's an sort of my go-to example of combining video like cinematography with animation yeah right and, um, and they did that that yeah. one they had you know overlaid cells with stuff and this one they kind of did that too because there there's a couple animated scenes in there if you notice the spiders and that kind of stuff there was yeah yeah those were animated drawn um but to be able to use like legitimate computer graphics was you know monumental uh, in, in the thing and it's in it Honestly, it's just for all this kind of advancement in technology was just for a Disney movie. It wasn't like right. some huge scientific endeavor or research project to advance, you know, cinematography technology. It was just for a kind of a silly video arcade game. And that's what's the, the neat thing was it was about video games. Um, mm-hmm. So that makes it have like a special part in my in my heart. And I know. I usually say I can't think of that one thing in the front of the movie, but it's hard for me to separate that feeling <laughs> from this one. Sure. Um, but just from a pure m- movie standpoint, I thought it was, it was okay. Um, it was, it wandered a lot. Like I said, at the beginning, it wandered in the middle. A lot of times it hadn't, thankfully it had cool, neat things with the, um, the Frisbees and the tanks and the light cycles are amazing. Um, yeah, for as for as fast as the setup works, once Flynn gets down there, it starts to really slow down. And then a lot of things in the script are really hand waved. For sure. For sure. Right. It's like yeah. he's here. Oh, and, and Tron is here. You're like, I thought that uh um the guy, Bruce Boxliner, Alan, hadn't yeah. Like he was still working on Tron and, and the boss wouldn't let him because master control didn't want him to, uh, you know, didn't want another program. Like none of that is very, like you have what you need to know for the stakes of the movie. Right. Right. Like right. master control is bad. He's absorbing all the programs to become the ultimate program or whatever. Right. And, and only, you know, Somebody needs to stop him, right? That, even, that's all you really even, need, right? You got it. Even yeah. the bad guy at 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 and 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 con and what's it called? Yeah, Encon is the the uh, company. Even the bad guy at Encon is like, I wrote you, and it's like, nope, he's, it's too late. It's the Dillinger, grown, yeah, grown, Dillinger, right? Grown beyond his control, et cetera, et cetera. Like you have everything you need to know, but still watching it, I'm like, okay. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Tron. Tr- <laughs> Tron was another kind of security program, but down in the in the grid, he fights for the users. Fights for the users. And y- you don't really care because that's a cool thing to right. see him like fighting off the the bots, right? The 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 bad, the orange programs. Right. I mean, um, the, for Pete's sakes, they're red. I mean, they're they're bad. That's bad. These are the bad guys. Right. They're red, right? right. You know, orange, the, red. They're the, the, clear. The bad ones are red. The good ones are blue. It's really simple. <laughs> it's not and, hard. And then, of course, he finds the girl. Like I saw the 
pictures on IMDb and I was like, at some point are Alan and, and Laura going to also get digitized down into the program? And then he finds her and I'm like, oh, it's just like the Tron thing. Because I kept looking at the cast because yeah. this movie is so old. I'm like, who is this? Like, I almost wouldn't recognize yeah. Jeff Bridges. Um, except sure. that once, once in a while... Big Lebowski comes out. Um, <laughs> right, he does. He does the dude, especially in the second Big one. Lebowski. Yeah, Jeff Lebowski. It's more. It's more in the sequel because it's well post. Yeah, right. He's more. He's become more uh, uh, Jeff Man. Lebowski. But yeah. um, the others, I'm like, is that somebody I know? I sort of recognize him. Like the uh, David Warner, who played Dillinger, has been in a ton of stuff. Um, obviously, Bruce Boxleitner. We saw fairly recently in something that we watched for the podcast. I don't remember why. I, I, you know, I didn't know for years that, that, that Alan was Tron. Like I did, that right. there was the same actor, like, because they've got that. First off, it's not HD people. You can't, we didn't see it all fuzzy. <laughs> right. Um, right. And then they had these outfits on and then it's because the way it's shot and all the extra paint, you can't really tell their faces very well. Yeah. So I didn't know it was, that actor playing Tron. So can, can we mention real quick that the fact that the movie's called Tron and he is definitely not the main character. Right. Like, He's the hero though. He fights for the users. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love how you just keep saying that, <laughs> that phrase. Cause it's the truth. Um, he's definitely a hero, right? He's 100% hero archetype. Yeah. He's, he's nothing bad about him. I mean, he's, he's even got the, the heroine uh, on his arm the whole time. Um, mm-hmm. which, which is funny because the main character is actually the dude, right? It's, it's not that guy. Um, right. It, it's Kevin who is, that's the whole story centers around Kevin Flynn. Um, right. so it's, Son of Flynn. right. It's, it's like calling, um, the Lion King, calling it, uh, Timon, right? Like if, if the name of the Lion King was called Timon, you're like, why is it called that? It's, you know. He's not the main character. Like that's that's what they named it. I don't I don't know what they did that for. I had to look that up. Okay, so moving from original Tron to Tron Legacy. Now we've both seen this one before. Um, I saw this one in the theater. Yeah, and I bought the soundtrack on mm-hmm. vinyl because it's amazing. It's like, amazing. Like, totally amazing. The, the best thing Tron Legacy has going for it over original Tron is that the soundtrack is phenomenal. It, it doesn't stop. Like, it's just it's, so great all the way through. It's nonstop Daft Punk synth stuff just just going. One of my favorite anecdotes for a while was in my old apartment in Bloomington. I got a turntable, and I started... I had some vinyl, but I realized that the old turntables I had access to, like I claimed my grandparents' turntable when my grandpa passed away, it was one of those like with the tall spindle so you could queue up another record while one was playing. Yeah. And it didn't work. Like it had a belt and it was all like gummed up. Um and it was just like a like a Sears combo thing with a tape deck in it and stuff. And so I bought a nice turntable and a stereo that I could hook it up to. And then at some point at like a Black Friday sale, I bought a subwoofer. And one of the times my brother in law stayed over at my place because he was working in the area. He's a radio guy. I was like, "Oh, you got to see this. What could I, what could I put on that would demonstrate how much cooler this is with the sub? Because I'm not a bass guy, right? Like I've never installed a sub sure. in my car to annoy people. Um, 
but I put this record on and, you know, Jeff Bridges comes on and talks about the grid and then the music starts and it, you know, does little synthy stuff. And then the first like hit comes in with the bass Mm -hmm. and it's just rumbling. I'm like, this is, I was doing this to kind of show off, but I'm even a little impressed listening to it right now. It's so cool. And and every time I put this back on, I'm equally impressed again. Like, yeah, I, I had it. I, this one I actually didn't watch on my projector. I watched it on my computer, which has a really good system, speaker system. Mm-hmm. And it was just like that rumbling you're talking about, you know, and, and the sound coming through. I was like, this is freak. It just lent a coolness to the whole film. Not to mention that the film yeah. itself is a slick, cool movie. Um, yeah. So all of it on top of each other was good. I... I'll just cut to the chase on this one. I really like this movie. I've always liked this movie, and watching it again, I like it just as much as I liked it the first time. There's very little I don't like about it. Um, hmm. I like all the cast members. Um, I could, I can obviously say now the we've seen such cool de aging technology with Marvel stuff that you know it's uncanny valley with all the, the, the young yeah stuff. yeah the I didn't I didn't remember because I watched this movie in the theater and I haven't seen it since. So when um, Jeff Bridges first shows up and I'm like, Oh, is this going to be a thing where he's been down in the grid? And so he hasn't aged because this, you can really tell this is 13 year old de-aging technology. Yeah. It, it really is yeah. bad. Um, but then it's not him. It's his program. Just like they did in original Tron. And I'm like, all right, well, I can sort of forgive it for that. It's like, he's not a person. He's a, everybody else looks fine, but whatever. Okay, sure. Um, it's like when you watch, uh, I don't know, early, like late nineties, um, um, CGI, right. And you're like, oh yeah, this wasn't quite ready for this yet. Yeah. Um, you gotta give them props for, for trying it and they gotta be the first, right? right? Being on the, being on the frontier of it. Um, uh, what was my, I had a couple thoughts while I was watching it. One was the matrix even though this movie is 10 years after the matrix it has mm-hmm. pretty not super strong but it has some matrix vibes which makes sense right you've got a virtual world thing the 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 sort of themes are similar not story themes but aesthetic themes yeah and what was the other one oh this the sequel really wanted to where everything in the original was square, was right. right angles. Everything in the sequel was curved. Oh yeah, it was very smooth. Right, and flowing. The, right. The bikes are wide. They move on on like the bikes in the original. It's like snake. Right, they go and they turn. You know, mm-hmm. just ninety degrees every time you turn and you stay. Like the bikes stay on a grid. They don't curve when they turn. They right. turn at right angles, right. and. In the sequel, not only are they curving, but they're also going up and down in three dimensions. Right, um, yeah. And so it's all very, like, fluid in a way that the original wasn't. Even even the lines are, like, they've got lines all over their, their outfits and stuff. They're, they're straight lines, but they almost, they have curves to them that curve mm-hmm. along with the bodies and stuff. Yeah, it's, it's, it still has a digital feel to everything but yeah all, it it makes it a modern digital type stuff um right. so yeah the, the the look of of the film is just beautiful and phenomenal it's all dark like we noticed that it 
um, Sid was watching this in the same room with me and that it's nighttime the whole movie except the end when she talks about the sunrise. Um, right. It's obviously dark in the digital world, but it's dark all the time in the, in the, the real world at the beginning. Um, I, I like, I, I see, I like the story. I like the idea that, um, uh, you know, the dude is down there being Zen because that's kind of <laughs> how he was in the first one. You know, he was an right. 80s guy, uh, chill man, uh, but that he has decided to not play the game, like to save the world, which is an interesting little story. And then Sam, the hero comes, but he's not necessarily the hero. I like how they did Tron, how he's Rensler. Sorry, spoiler. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, he plays the hero again and, you know, saves um, Flynn and it costs him to be reprogrammed, turn into to a bad guy. And then he gets has the redemption arc at the end, which is, you know, really great when he turns back into blue. Um, and all, all of that story, you know, when they go to the um, it's it's got like a something. I know, Here's what I want to say. There's something I didn't realize the first time watching the first one and in this one, it's got a real intentional religious vibe through the whole thing. And I didn't realize that until this mm. viewing that the first one, they, I noticed that they really, that the programs spoke about the users in a religious way. Reverent. Yeah. yeah. And they had even like priests or monks in, in several scenes um, where they were, they looked like they were like in priest robes and monk robe type stuff in the first Tron. Um, oh yeah. And like when they, when they go to the tower, the comms tower, whatever they call that. Mm-hmm. So that Tron can communicate with Alan. Right. It's, it's a temple. Correct. Right. Like he's going to go pray at this temple and, and receive a word of wisdom from his, his deity, his user. Right. Yeah. And, and, and that's when, after watching this first one, I was like, Oh, this, users are definitely a religion. And Tron believes wholeheartedly in, in God. He's very much that mm. kind of, kind of character. And I'm like, and he, he will not, you know, fight. He'll fight against the people who are, who are, you know, going against that. And he believes that the, the users, the God is the, um, is speaking the truth and only wants the best for them. Um, and like, wow, I just never realized it. And then when you watch the second one, it's the same way. Like they're so reverent of Flynn when he walks on the scene in the bar, they all bow down to him and kneel down, mm. you know, and he just seems like a holy figure walking on the scene and he walks right. and when he walks as he's walking across the way he holds his i'm standing here showing like you can see me with his arms <laughs> stretched out kind of at a 45 to the to the ground as like he's almost touching people as they as they walk by and then yeah. they all like fo- zealously follow him and start attacking the, the guards um and i'm like oh wow this is definitely the first people got that or the people who wrote the second movie got that in the first one and then are echoing that again in the, in the second. Yeah. It, it reminded me of, well, and he does it at the end too. That's a spoiler. I guess I won't, I won't explain (laughs) that in more detail, but, but that's in the first one when he finds the recognizer, which is a terrible name. Terrible. And (laughs) just like he has he has magic powers and he even says that he's like oh yeah now we're talking let's see what these user powers can do or something like it's not that cheesy but it's right it's something like that it's like oh as a user he has power to manipulate the code in the grid and you're like all right well that 
sort of makes sense, but the way it manifests on screen is very much just like, um, like a, like, like an, a kind of omnipotence. Yeah, for sure. Um, and they, and they, you know, he reprograms things. Uh, a couple, couple, uh, things I really liked, um, little catching things. I, I really enjoyed, and this was going back to your earlier comment about being able to watch the first one and appreciate things from the second one. Um, uh, uh, several of the callbacks I, I enjoyed. One is, um, I like how it's in the future and Sam, the son is, is constantly talking, is almost a little geeking out about how he's got toys. I've got that toy figure of you on my shelf, you know, um, mm. or he, he mentions the light cycles like, Oh, he knows the light cycles. You know, he knows what these things are and he's always bringing things. And I really like, um, do you notice that when they first, you first see Flynn, Kevin Flynn in his, um, his house, He's talking to Sam at dinner and he's holding um, he's holding a like a city called it a, a multi angled Rubik's Cube. Um, and it's colored like a light yellow gold color. And he sets it down on the mantle next to an identical one that's blue. And that is bit like it's in the first right. Tron movie. It's bit. Like the little sidekick no, no. character. Yes, 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 no, yes. No, and I'm no, like, yes. oh, that's Bit. And th- right. what a great little callback. And the fact that there's two of them, one is yellow like Clue and one is blue like him. So he's sitting there pondering mm. it. And then later on, Clue comes in. Go ahead. Yeah, I didn't I didn't catch it in that first dinner scene, but I did later when they're sort of ransacking his place. Right. And, and Clue picks it up. Clue picks up yeah. the blue one and ponders it. Mm. And I was like, oh, I love that. I, I love those little kind of things like that that they do that, you know, has a little inside uh, to it. Uh, right. Because they're they're the same person, but two sides of the type thing. And that, that was kind of neat. Um, yeah. And then, he, of course, the whole reintegration scene was really cool because the music is so driving. Um just i don't know i could just go on about this movie it makes me want to watch it again uh, when it was done sydney was like we need to go to disney right now and ride the tron ride because she wants to ride the light cycles nice uh, nice which is pretty cool so i um, love this movie i recommend it to everyone both of them for different reasons uh the first one would be like hey watch this movie and appreciate how in the early 80s they were really trying to do um computer stuff and it's not a bad it's kind of a fun little movie the second one i would recommend just because it's freaking cool and I think you would enjoy it. I feel it. like, yeah, I feel like the first one could maybe be appreciated more, like, by watching a making of kind of thing. You're probably defini- right. Yes, you're probably There were definitely right. things yeah. where I was like, oh, I wonder if they just, I don't know if this still counts as rotoscoping like they did in the old um, Hobbit cartoons, Lord of the Rings cartoons. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But um, where they, you know, they shoot video and then paint than animate on top of it because yeah. a lot of the scenes don't look like that like it's it's so smooth that it doesn't look like that it looks like they filmed with a bunch of black lights just to make the the blue and and red um stuff light up yeah. um the only other thing i wanted to mention when you were talking about i don't know just the cool aesthetics and the different scenes i enjoyed Michael Sheen doing his very best um, Willy Wonka impression. <laughs> right. That that whole bit in there, like he's so different, right, than the whole movie. Yeah. Hmm. 
I, I, I do the every time someone says, by the way, it says like, I'm going to play games, I always do games, 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 and nobody gets what I'm talking about. Because mm. <laughs> what is it? Uh, rectify and then games when, when they go into it. Um, so yeah, I, I would, I would, I said I would recommend this to anyone, um, especially the second one. And that soundtrack is worth, like Dennis did, buying, <laughs> worth buying by itself. And it's phenomenal. Uh, you are up for games this this week, but or not games? Uh, the next movie pick. Oh, no, yeah. We 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 didn't even talk about this one. Sorry, I put you no, put you on no. the on the um, dime there. Okay, we're not we're at two ninety eight. We got a couple weeks still. Um, <laughs> have you ever seen Space Camp? Oh yeah, like a hundred times. Yes, of oh, course. Oh, all right. No, no, that's I good. I'll watch it another 101 times, right? All right. I've not seen this since I was a kid. Oh, great. Fun. Um, yeah. So let's let's stick with the 80s uh, uh, tech stuff and watch Space Camp. I'm in. That's fun. That 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 movie it was um it it sums up all of my childhood. What I wanted to be. I wanted to be one of those kids. Like right. before I watched that movie, that was a dream that I want to have like, you know, what I would have, I wish I could be there and go to this space camp thing. So yes, did let's you, watch that again. I'm excited. That's did fine. you ever watch, um, tailspin? Yeah. Do, do, do the, tailspin. Yeah. The, Launchpad uh, uh, um, what ducktails spin off yeah. with, with some of the jungle book characters for some reason. What was it? Was um, it uh, a spinoff? What was the spinoff about it? I, you're right. It was, but I can't think of like, was Huey, Dewey and Louie in it or like, maybe were they related? Oh, wait, I know. Uh, Launchpad was a personal pilot. Launch Scrooge McDuck. Yeah. Launchpad was a character in, in DuckTales. I, I knew there was some connection because Launchpad LP also shows up in, in uh, uh, Darkwing Duck. Oh right, there's another one too. Right, um, I you know I didn't see a lot of Darkwing Duck back in the day. I I think that one was my favorite, but uh, I can I yeah, believe I've that not, I've not seen any of them in a long time. But anyway, your your thing about Space Camp reminds me of Tailspin because I watched enough of that cartoon that I as a kid believed that if I had to, I could figure out how to fly a plane. Like if a if the something happened to a pilot like i knew the way that like you that you push the controls forward and the plane goes down and you pull them back and it goes up like all of that stuff i learned from watching tailspin <laughs> that's i'm, like, I'm, that's I'm sure none of that was was realistic at all but as a kid i was like yeah this is i could you do like this and like this and yeah, <laughs> it's, it's so simple that that is excellent oh man that, that, that was a fun show that was all during the same, same time as Gummy bears and Smurfs and right, um, you know, and the D and D cartoon was during that time too. So, yeah, we we weren't allowed to watch D and D or Smurfs. But Smurfs, I was yeah. We, whenever whenever there was a free trial of, of of Disney Channel, or we went to our grandparents' house who had cable, um, and I don't think they had Disney Channel a lot either, but sometimes they did, and definitely there were the free trials. We, you'd have the like, the like. Maybe this is a very unique memory, but you'd have movies uh, taped on VHS that would have the number, the like call to subscribe number mm-hmm, sh- mm-hmm. show up frequently during the movie. Mm-hmm. 
we we uh not to disparage my mom who's been passed away for a good 10 years now uh but she um we would often watch shows and cartoons until the church told her that we she couldn't anymore like mm. <laughs> which is terrible like there was no problem for us to watch the smurfs which was fun and awesome until right. they said oh can't watch the Smurfs because of X, Y, or Z. And then she's like, okay, can't watch the Smurfs. I'm like, wait. I mean, <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure that's what my parents were doing too. And they were also um, relatively new believers, mm-hmm. I would say. Um, and it was the 80s, right? All of that Nancy Reagan stuff was at its peak Yeah, it um, in the 80s. Very, very scare, scare for, for everything, you know. And, mm-hmm. and, and I do remember watching the Dungeons & Dragons Things, but I think reason I think I watched the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon was because it was on at eight o'clock in the morning every Saturday, and Mom wasn't up yet. Right. So that's that's the only reason I got to watch the, some of those things. And the then when she old, that's a, like there. that's a thing. Uh, one of my friends sent me a meme that was like, uh, you know, without saying your age, explain something that a younger person wouldn't understand, mm-hmm. and the and the response was. Um, you, uh, uh, the video games wouldn't work unless the TV was on channel three. <laughs> right. Right. For and I'm sure. like, oh yeah, hundred, hundred percent. But another one you just described was, um, Saturday morning cartoons. Yeah. Like you wake up because it's Saturday. Of course, kids wake up before the parents, mm-hmm. like you wake up and you can watch whatever until the parents wake up. Yeah. Right. And so you'd watch it, but like with the volume turned down. Yeah. And it was all, it was some of the, it was some of the best. Like it really was the best uh, cartoons would end when you get, they'd be on from three to maybe four, maybe five. I, th- I want to say four, um, every day after the school. You mean. Oh, um, sure, sure, sure. But then the news would come on and that's, you know, you're, you're done then. Uh, or, right. or usually four o'clock is when you get kicked outside. Um, you're right. And then um none of that means makes any sense to, to Right. Out. The the one I have for that for the the you're describing it was the um this is think things no one of the last two or three generations will even remember. Uh as a child of the eighties that at ten o'clock at night on the, the TV there used to be always commercial like interrupts or whatever that would happen and it'd say it's 10 o'clock do you know where your kids are you know where your kids are yeah and and that was because parents would just let their kids go like i we would just go yeah. out and play um right and parents would forget that they have kids that are out there and they're like oh yeah and, and that was it's like thing. when when people and again this is something easy for me to say because i'm not a parent but like when people get real high and mighty or judgmental about parents letting their kids just play on an iPad or whatever. Yeah. They're like, before that technology, parents would make their kids go outside. Yeah. Like, I need to get stuff done in here. I can't have you in here being bored. So go outside and, and do stuff. And there's, sure, there's a conversation about the virtue of one versus the other. Um, you're probably not going to break any bones playing on an iPad, but... Uh, <laughs> sure but you you can also you know, steal stuff and and get into big trouble you know right right you're not you, and you're you're gonna learn different things you know maybe right you're learning something we, playing on we a, had uh but like kids have a lot of energy to burn off and yeah we we it was it i can't remember if it was a tiktok or somebody had said um some current generation kid that they were like 
when we were kids, we used to drink from, straight from the hose. And the, the kid was like, do oh, yes, you guys yes. have faucets? And like, the lady gets in and goes, the problem was that we weren't allowed in the house. Because if you get in the house, then you have to do chores. Right. And, <laughs> yeah, right? and like, oh, you didn't want that. And then, and then there was the FOMO, the fear of missing out, that you don't want to run inside and everybody else is outside. So you would That's grab the hose, drink yeah. it, and then your sister would kink the hose. You'd look at it. She'd let it go, and it goes smashing right into Spray your eyeball. Spray right into your face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah right. Um, and those, again, those are things that Pete kids today just, you know, don't understand because it's just, it's just a different world because of technology and what we are. It's right. not right. worse or bad. It's just a, a difference. And it's fun to, uh, when I talk to Sid about it, she, she's so patient and just listens to me talk and, and mm-hmm. all that stuff. And I'll do that stuff. When we were a kid, we'd have blah, 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 blah. And this is, and this is why. Um, and I tell her a lot of times it's, it's, I'll tell her the things like that. Why? So, because I feel I have a great appreciation for technology today that I can play a, a sure. switch and how incredible it is. And I think I love it so much because I know the absence of it and I know what the world sure. was like. And, and I, it actually has me have a great appreciation for people who lived in during World War II or in the 40s, you know, in the 50s, um, that I don't understand the world they lived in. Mm. I just don't. And I'll never be able to have that perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, just the same way that a modern you know, uh, kid today wouldn't have a perspective of somebody growing up in the 80s. Uh, and that's okay. You know, it, it, The thing is, is that I think as, as you're older, hopefully you have a greater appreciation and it makes life more enriching that you can appreciate what we have with television and cinema. And I can watch Tron and see what they first tried, but then watch the new Tron and see how real cool it is, you know? Um, yeah. And, and and have that appreciation. Oh man, lot lot of, lot of stuff. Okay, so what do we got? We got a little bit of time left here. Well, just a a few minutes. I guess we can hold some of our stuff for for, uh, yeah, for next know. week. We don't quite have time to go into a full topic. And I mentioned all the new things. Yeah, we we, have a, we do have Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat are coming out this summer. We can talk about that next I, week. I've seen people talking about those. Those are both franchises that I have never owned. Sure, yeah, that's understandable. So I think they're no, they're like niche. Is that what you can call them? They're. I don't think everyone gets into fighting games the way they were last anymore. Sure, sure. Yeah, I mean there are fighting games, and I've played a couple of those, but not Street Fighter or more. Not the big two. Yeah. Um, it's a, so. it's a different world because you played fighting games before to have a real world person next to you to beat. Right, like it was, it was a sure. competition. That's what fighting games right. were, and, and now it's not. I mean, they do now. It's super esports. Don't get me wrong, um, but it's individuals now aren't playing. You know, I go buy Street Fighter. I'm not playing it with like six of my buddies. You know, right away for things. And even kids don't do that now. All right. Um, All right. So yeah, I, I get that it's 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 an, a niche stuff. But what, we can talk about that next week. I don't think it's thing except that Mortal Kombat did show their release trailer this week and. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. Uh, we can talk about it next week. It's not real important that you watch it, but uh, it's a cool little topic. And Street Fighter Six, I can say, is surprising me, like big surprising me. And I haven't bought a Street Fighter game in a long time, had no real desire to. Um, and then I played this one, and I I think I'm changing my mind. We'll talk about that next week. Uh, I also <laughs> bought Gen Con events, which we can kind of go through a few of those. Mm. Yeah, I think I think we got it. We, we did it this week. 
Yeah, yeah. The only other... Well, like I said, I was sick. So the only other thing I did was um, dig up and watch some Star Trek Next Generation. Which, oh, uh, you can never go wrong with TNG. Again, is one of those things that, like, young me would... I, I, I don't think... You know, I mean, when I was watching Star Trek Next Generation, I was, I don't know, 15. And I already wanted, I'm sure I've told this story before. I wanted the things that we have now. I, my parents got mm-hmm, a mm-hmm. um a camcorder, right? Our second or third camcorder, honestly. No, third, I know for sure. <laughs> um, right. But the first one that was, that was eight millimeter, that was not VHS. Okay. And so it was small. I mean... <laughs> in the mid 90s it was small because it was the size what was it the size of like it was almost as big as a football like half oh, yeah, a foot, sure. like a like a nerf football but like this is so small i mean small because the the camcorder we had before was the size of a briefcase i don't know of course right yeah briefcase is shoulder anymore, but shoulder mounted yeah, things. It right? was it, it was it was the size of a PlayStation. Let's yeah. say it that way. Yeah. Um easy. And and I was like, this is a thing and it has a screen. It has a big screen where the one before just had the viewfinder. You had to stick your eye up in the um in the thing. And this had a little I don't know, probably like four or five inch screen. And I was like, this has a screen and little tapes. I should be able to put Star Trek on these tapes so that I can watch Star Trek on road trips. Mm-hmm. Except the camcorder only had video out jacks. It didn't have video in, except the camera, the lens. Right. At one point, I almost set up the camera on a tripod, pointed at our TV to, like, record like a camera like people do in the theater for a movie, a brand new movie. Yeah. And I don't remember why. I I think I had the idea and couldn't find the tripod. And then when I asked one of my parents for it, they're like, can't you just read a book on the, <laughs> in the car? Like, is it, you know, they, they talked me out of it, whatever. But, you know, now when I'm not feeling well, and I'm sleeping, like, I spent a 48-hour period, 30 of it sleeping, I was like, I just want to lay in bed and watch some Star Trek. Yeah. I'm like, well, I've got my iPad, but I can't get logged in. It won't let me log in to Paramount+. Plus. And I'm like, well, I can watch on my phone. It's really small, but it'll be fine. <laughs> and it's just so... And I think if... Like, if I went back and described that to 15-year-old me, I probably would have been like, that's cool. Like, I, I don't, I think I would have believed it, you know. I don't think if you showed me a phone, a smartphone, I would have been amazed, blown away. But it would not have been so unbelievable um, to me at the time. But anyway. The, the next generation was the first time I ever got an iPad or any kind of portable tablet thing i got it opened it up and then i went upstairs sat on my bed and i loaded up the next generation it was on netflix at the time Mm. and it was the very first thing i did and i was watching star trek laying in bed 
and I had that 100% realization that I'm living in the future because here I can watch a big video on demand, what I want right now in this really thin little thing that's just a few sheets of paper. And I thought, mm-hmm. wow, this, this is awesome. This is, this is yeah. living in the Star Trek world, you know, because they're <laughs> handing pads to each other. Right, right. right. The, it looks just like an iPad. The, yeah. The next generation pad. That's that's what we have now for, from that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Very cool it's the future. All right. Well, you've been listening to the Front Porch. This is episode two hundred and ninety-eight. Thanks as always to our friends at LRM Online. You can check them out. Our buddy Fox writes reviews on things there that you should read. If you want to reach out to us and tell us your uh, weird eighties childhood memories or how you don't understand a time when you couldn't pause TV. Uh, I, I doubt we have any Gen Z listeners, <laughs> but if we do, you can reach us via email. <laughs> the Gen Z's don't use email. So Easy. Um, anyway, our email address is frontporchpod at gmail.com. You can reach us there. Or if you go to our website, frontporchpodcast.com, there are contact forms there where you can reach out to us. If you enjoy the show, please consider subscribing on the podcast of your choice. And while you're there, if you would leave us a positive review, we always appreciate that. It helps out a lot. As always, thanks so much for joining us. And until next time, I'm Dennis. And I'm Michael. For The Front Porch. Night, everybody. See you next time.